episode number 149 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, you're sporting a fantastic-looking green hat there. Uh, tell, tell the listeners why you're sporting a Skoda-looking bogey green type hat. Well, Kyle, this weekend I was at Latour. I was watching the final stage of the Tour de France uh, and in celebration of, of our hero, Mark Cavendish, I managed to get hold of a, a green cycling cap with, from the Skoda, who's, I think Skoda, Skoda must sponsor the green jersey and some of the stuff. And they, they was thrown out from, a, from the caravan as a freebie, which was it. Oh, so, look yeah. at that. I, uh, hope, I hope it's been sanitised in there. Uh, you, you know, what was... What, what, I mean, one, I'm going to... We haven't even spoke about running, folks, but we before we do... Um, we have got, well, let's just go straight into it. We've got an amazing episode. We have the one and only Ailey Doyle, who is going to be on the show to chat all things running. Um, and uh, we've got a host, an array of results, Scottish and international results to chat about. And uh, we've also got uh, Tommy's experience, Tommy in Paris, Tommy out with Paris, uh, talking all things tour, maybe a little bit of running. And, uh, you know, obviously, certainly myself, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to fill in some of the gaps. Eh? Well, I've got to say, I'm very excited about the, the Ailey Doyle interview. That's one. She's been on our on the hit list for a long time. And Kyle's managed to work his contacts and his new role to knowing his best pals with Ailey Doyle and all the that, all that sort yeah. of Scottish athletics royalty. So that's what's about. Really, I'm really excited to listen to that. That's yeah. so, a real hero of ours. Well, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So. Well, I suppose without further ado, let's 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 well not let's not just go straight into the interview. Let's uh, you know tee this one up, Tommy. Tell us a little bit about your you know your experience in the tour and and also you know how's how's the running going? Because last week you had a you had a gammy knee again. Uh, so you know where where are we with your knee and where are we with your running and how did the cycle go when you you were one of the the, the fanboys of the tour? I feel a little bit guilty doing a running podcast with a hat on that says we love cycling. I feel like it's, uh, but if, if 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 you know one of our other heroes were big fans of Steph Davis, if Steph can run Olympic qualifier and and whatnot and win an Olympic trial off a lot of cycling, then maybe it's not a bad thing. As and Cameron Main and and Co who've been on as well, of course, big uh, big on the cycling. Erin Wallace, third bronze medal, and you know she's uh, a massive pedigree in the triathlon world as well. I want to ask a question about the hat. Now, maybe you maybe you know the answer to this. Maybe you don't. Maybe runners do know. I don't know. But why does it flip up? What's the point of that? Because the sun, you know, it doesn't protect your face when you lift your, your cap up like that. What's the reason uh, for that? Good question. Uh, I mean, for this one, let's be honest, it makes the sponsor more obvious. <laughs> That's probably why it is. But I think there must be a way for that. I mean, is it not just to... Maybe it's so when you put it on your on the back, it's... I don't know. I actually it's don't know why a cycling neck, cap prints it? or like that. But who? Nobody really rides. I don't know. The problem is cycling caps are almost redundant now because of helmets. You know, back in the day, everyone rode in a cap, but now you don't see no, you don't see many people wearing the cap. So uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a mystery scalp, to me because eh? it doesn't have any other real benefit other than to to protect your scalp and to show show them. You know, it's uh, it's the who the make of your cap or the sponsor of your cap. Who mm. knows? But if anyone knows the answer, it'd be, I'd be interested to know why. If maybe there's a, jet, a legitimate reason, maybe there is. You can lift the cap up like that. But so it, we are we are running podcasts. So I'm going to give it like a time time limit myself to like two minutes on cycling. 
<laughs> obviously, I mean, the knee's not, I'm coming to the knee. It's, it's, we're in a better place, albeit not where I want to be. But um, as a result of the knee, I'm doing a lot more cycling, as everyone knows. And I've, I've really been wrestling with the, the sort of that old angel and, and deep devil on the shoulders. I've got a runner on one shoulder in the place of an angel and a cyclist on the place of the devil, just tempting me to go out on the bike. And I've really enjoyed the bike, but I was ready to buckle down, ready to get into London training, but then my knee was not so good. So I've been back on the bike a bit this week. Uh, and actually what I did on Sunday was I rode the, the route of the, the last day of the tour on the last day on the morning before the, the pros and the peloton went around it. And it was amazing riding the course. It's, it's course is about 10 kilometers. The start town was about 10 kilometers from where we are just outside of Paris and riding through the start time with all the signs and riding the course with all the, the, you know, the, the, the sort of King of the Mountain signs for the, there was only one cat four climb and then coming back into Paris. And it was just amazing, really cool to ride a lot of people on the road and really, really good build up to then going to watch the race in the afternoon. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports fan first and foremost, and what an amazing event. I mean, I, you know, I'm, for me, I'm like the kind of guy who'll sit and watch the Boston Marathon on Marathon Monday or watch London if I'm not running it. Loving the, I love an Olympic marathon. I'm, I love watching marathon running and, you know, even championship halves and anything on the track. But uh, the tour was just bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. I mean, it was, I heard someone on a, on a podcast re- reference this and I thought, and it sums it up perfectly, actually. It's, it's kind of like, uh, and this is this is maybe going beyond. This is not PG thirteen, but it's uh, it's like a it's like a, a sort of a, a night a, a night a run a, a night out where you get lucky as a as a youngster. It's all build up. It's all anticipation. Uh, you know something's going to happen <laughs> later on. You know it's coming. You know something's on route, and it's absolutely incredible. But it's over super fast. Oh really? Is it like it's a, like bang? It's bang, it? bang, and it's done, and you're out of breath and on your back. <laughs> bang, and it's done. Is that how it goes? Exactly. It? That's how it goes. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am, and they're gone. So, you, I was there about. I was, I was there four hours before the peloton came through because you've got the caravan, which is all the sponsors. You've got everything, all the the vehicles, all the VIPs, all the two, all the some of the team cars early. Then you've got the right the, the riders themselves coming through. And it's it's incredible when the, the the pace at which they come through, the how quickly a peloton's moving as a big group. It, it was just incredible. Um, and to see Cavan Green on the last day, Pogachar on in yellow was towards the front at that time. It was really cool. Um, and it it was just I don't know, just really great. You know, it really got me stoked about you know got the Olympics coming. I've thoroughly enjoyed the tour. I'm looking forward to the Olympics. It also motivated me a bit. You know, I'm I'm really. Knee-wise isn't good, but I'm actually, I've been doing a lot of exercise this week. Um, I was messaging actually our pal, uh, James Cruikshank, so I've had some advice from him. I actually saw a physio here in Paris as well, who identified a couple of new things, which is, which is interesting. So interesting. I had a run this morning, I had an easy four miles this morning. It didn't feel too bad, so yeah. I'm going to keep on it. Um, I think London's done. I think we're 10 weeks to London. I'm running four miles. Uh, London's not going to happen, and that's fine. We'll see whether I do Antrim anyway. Um, I just can't really be. I think it's a big thing to go have to travel to the UK and all that with when it when I'm not really in shape. But remember, I've got that Valencia place, so that's really coming in now in December as being a, a probable shot at the the marathon. So um, yeah, so we're I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling motivated, still frustrated, but motivated to get going. And the bike is providing me a little bit of a a bit of enjoyment as well in uh, while we're while we're uh, while we're getting better. So. Hopefully, bike, hopefully bike culture progress. in France must be amazing, though. You know, like 
Oh, we were saying this before we were on the show. Going going to your work and you know from West Hill to sorry, the county as well as to West Hill. West Hill. You, it's you not know, quite the same. Yeah, <laughs> you might see one bike going past you, and you know you say hi, and they didn't say bugger all to you. Uh, it must feel slightly, you know, cooler cycling oh. vans and stuff. I mean, you just showed me a, a, a video. I thought it was a computer-generated video of, you know, I don't know, Mario and Luigi, you know, jumping about <laughs> Paris, but it was actually Tommy in Paris, and he was there. It, uh, it's great. You know, float, floating about the, the Champs-Élysées and all those fan, fantastic... The tonight, yeah. Oh, it was just but amazing. It's, it's, it's crazy, and actually, what they've done well in Paris is there's so much, so much cycling infrastructure that, you know, Rue... Rue Rivoli, which is down the side of the, the, the Jardin de Tuileries, which are these amazing gardens in front of the, the Louvre and lead on to the, the Champs Elysees. When you're riding along there, it's a shut road, you know, and it's like there's just hundreds of commuters on bikes, people in suits, people in full lycra. <laughs> I'm kind of half and half. I've got some like, right. I'm sort of like a sort of in between a running there. t-shirt. Well, I'm not wearing bib shorts, you know, and I'm on a fixed, I'm on a single speed. So it's not, I'm somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's really, it's really cool. Um, and actually what it's opened my eyes to is you, cycling is such an, it is such an easy commute. And I know the FAF is what's always put me off. And okay, it's sunny now. And maybe that's, well, ask me again in the winter, but I think it's a really, you know, when I go back to Aberdeen, I'd like to think I'm going to, I'll be commuting from County Wells on the bike because, you know, I'm commuting now with my laptop on my bag. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm carrying my kit in, so you know, my, my you know, I'm riding in. I'm actually riding in sort of shoes that I wear at work anyway. So I think there's, uh, it's a really good thing, and I'm hoping for once I get my running mileage back up, it's actually going to be a nice compliment to my training just to get that. You know, it's for me. I'm five miles each way to work, so ten miles a day on the bike through the week. It's it's free free exercise. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of people could maybe think, yeah, you know, with with kid drop off and all that it can be difficult, but if you're just going straight to your office straight home and you're 10 care less and you've got shower facilities okay those are all oh, lifts definitely. but if you can do it you should people people should open their eyes to it especially as we're all these climate challenges we've got you know this is yeah. the, the time to be green oh yeah exactly there you go like tommy's cap <laughs> exactly anyway that's that's a lot about cycling so let's uh let's move on to what's more interesting kyle you're you must be you're about four weeks out from the this uh acp acp it's called the 100k uh, angle angle celtic plate is that right Anglo AC, AC, yeah, that's the yeah, one that acp 100k yeah so you're you're representing the old uh scottish old, team this is it you know for the the second time second time round for this particular event um and you know i didn't actually realize it was it's just over a month away uh i think I'm going to go for five weeks, you know, not 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 four weeks. Let's go for five nice. weeks. I think that sounds better than four weeks. Um, yeah. You know, I, I definitely need that extra week. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you know me, Tommy. I'm in, in listeners maybe don't, but I'm I'm a bit of an optimist when it comes to how things are going. That'll be fine, you know. <laughs> um, but I think it will be. You know, I think it, I think it's going to be okay. I think the race is going to be good. I think I'm going to run all right. And um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set the world on fire, folks. Uh, unfortunately, but I'm I'm just gonna go there with a you know a level head and and do what I can and with the training I've I've you know put under my belt. And the, the the last kind of few weeks, I've started to you know bring the mileage up, bring the longer runs up. And if he asked me to to run you know fairly quick over twenty miles a few months ago, they told it to poke it, or I would have told you know I would have. It would have taken me a long time to come back and, and say that 
but now I, I feel I feel I'm in re- reasonable shape in terms of being able to just just get through it, you know. Not maybe not. I haven't. I still haven't found my, um, you know, that 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 form that I'm I'm needing. But I think in the next few weeks that that'll soon sharpen up. Um, I've been starting to do more exercises with my hip, my left hips. I find it it does get tight around about the sort of twenty five mile mark when I'm running about sort of six and a half minute miles. So um, I've just been doing some particular exercises to strengthen the the hip around there and just ensure that I've I've got the the kind of power just to push on through and uh so that that's 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 okay um the last week I've did about 90 odd miles which for me is okay um you know one one big run at the on the Saturday I ran I wrecked some of my my actual course some or race I'm organizing the Davaway 50k on in the 13th of November and uh, I, you know, that was really good. It was I felt felt it was a warm day, and I, you know, I made, made sure that I was hydrating, kind of half half putting together my nutritional plan for the race. Um, but yeah, I was really happy with how that went. I felt really good. Um, probably I say I felt really good. I felt as good as as I have done. Uh, so I just need to kind of build on that now and and start incorporating midweek sessions of kind of marathon paced sessions of probably longer. You know, I've been doing some short kind of shorter reps like miles and two mile reps, but I'm going to start increasing them to like you know no less than sort of three to four k, you know, up to seven k, uh, and do doing some wave runs of of that kind of form. Probably about a minute faster than what my predicted race pace I'll do. For the hundred k, which is it hits around about five thirty, five forty per mile, which isn't you know it's not setting the world on fire as I said, but it'll it'll do for me. And you know, there's no, I don't think based on my experience that there's any need to be running any faster than that just now. So, mm-hmm. um, so that I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. I'll be back at the the transport museum racetrack tomorrow, and uh, you know, and then at the weekend I'll be doing a, a kind of back to back of of twenty five times two miles and uh you know around about that sort of race pace six sorry six probably 640 per mile um so ah looking nice. forward this it's been good you know it's coming together it's it, and i'm not gonna lie you know it's it is hard it's it's difficult to to juggle it all and you know with a new new baby and uh you know debbie's wanting to make a comeback as well and you know she's got a, a race line in fact she's got a triathlon race lined up uh wow. so your first professional triathlon race back the outlaw x so i'll be uh you know so it just means that we're we're having to work together and you know get you know, she goes on the bike you know i'll look after the wee guys and and vice versa so it's a little bit of a tag team approach but mm-hmm. um you know it means one of us has to get up early everyone feeds the feeds the wee man the or the big man whatever one it is so it's, mm-hmm. it's good I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to to racing again it's been it's been a long time my friend Nice. Well, it will be. I mean, you've. When was the last time you raced? Good, probably. I mean, would you class that treadmill race as a, you know, the treadmill no. challenge as a race? <laughs> no, I mean, it, I think it was a. a uh, it was the. Yeah, there was pressure there, but I think it's it's different to a race. Yeah, the, the Newburgh Beach Bash. Remember that? That was like. Uh, <laughs> it was a week before we went into lockdown. <laughs> oh, blimey. That's a long time. But it, it means I've, you know, my last race, I've, I've been undefeated for the last two years. Uh-huh, yeah. 
<laughs> or maybe a year and a half. <laughs> so aye, uh, aye. But yeah, today uh, today I went out and I did I did five six miles this morning and I did a, a ten mile run. But one thing I don't know about you, but you know we we went out for a wee, a wee day trip to Boyne, uh, just outside the Boyne, um, just Des Waterfalls. It's called really nice waterfall. Had had a massive picnic. You know, filled myself up silly. You know, I was I was a right a fat boy slim by the the start of my my ten miler, but. It was like an uphill start. You know, Debbie just helicopter dropped me down there, you know, 10 miles away from the house and off I pops, you know, and I was running going, bloody hell, I'm so, you know, because all the food you've just eaten, like I, mm-hmm. I you know, it was all some good, some good stuff, some, some not so good stuff, but my heart rate was so high, you know, I was just buzzing, eating all the food and I was just like, olive bread, all the olives started like coming out and oh, it was just Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I was. But once I got in my groove, I was fine. But the heat—I don't know about you, Tommy. But you know, exercising in the heat poses a lot more. There's a lot more challenges when it comes to doing your long run. You've really got to think about what you're, you know, where you're, where you're running, and, and how long, and and what you're wearing, and have you got your mm-hmm. sunscreen on, or have you got any? You know, are you going to do loops so that you can, you know, go back for work? Because what are you going to plan your run where you're? You're 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 going towards a waterfall, or you're you're drinking from a burner. All these mm-hmm. all these weird and wonderful things you've got to think about. So, listeners, make sure that you didn't fash yourself and plan accordingly with with the heat and and certainly in training, but also in you know if you're doing it in training, you might have to do it in races as well. So that's my mm. that's my little uh, my little tip for you folks. You know what's quite it's it's quite funny. I've uh, was not I was uh, one thing that stressed me out a bit since arriving here is is culturally. The French work long hours, you know, and I think there was actually a larger holiday allowance, but you work longer and later. So I'm I'm in I'm leaving the house at uh, like half seven, eight o'clock. I'm not home. I'm not leaving the office till half six, seven, which as a standard, that's without it being a long day. That's a, that seems to be a normal day. And that was stressing me out thinking, when am I going to run? When am I going to run? But the thing is now it's forced me to run in the morning or later on. And the good thing about that is you can't. I mean, it was uh, it was 32 today during the day. Oh, I mean, there's, so on on the weekend, I, 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 there's no way, and I know Scotland's been warm as well. There's on the weekend, I can't be having a line and go for a long run at 11 o'clock. I need to. I'm going to have to get my finger out and get out at seven eight oh. seven o'clock eight, eight at the latest because it's it's heating up so much. And you're right. It's I think it's good to acclimatize yourself if you can, but there's some I think there's some temperatures that are just silly. There's no benefit in it. Ah. Oh. Jeez, if, you know, God. for someone like me who's training to go, I'm trying to run an, an autumn or December marathon. You know, it's not. It's not. Uh, I, I know there's benefits to it, but um, yeah. So I, I'm trying to get back to these sort of joints. I know you've been. A, you've done this in the past. The half, the sort of six a.m. or early or half six run because it's. Uh, I'm not good at it. Getting my finger out and getting out of bed, but it's. It's the. It has to be done in this heat. Ah oh, man, well, well, well. I mean, you know, talking about heat as well. I mean. What's it going to be like? You know, we chatted about it briefly for the the Tokyo the Olympics. I mean, it's going to be oh. warm there. For you know, I hope I hope our Scottish athletes have been acclimatizing to the heat and the humidity, and you know, having a, you know running in black bags and stuff like that. Who knows? But uh, but yeah, I I just wanted to you know just kind of I suppose thirty two today in uh, in Tokyo. Oof. I wanted to chat about what your thoughts are with, um, you know, the, the sort of the setup at the Olympics, the village. Have you got any 
understanding of what it looks like? I mean, I've got some things I wanted to share with the listeners. Um, so, but- I mean, I, I think that, I don't know, I think they're, they're between a rock and a hard place, aren't they? That they've had to go, they've had to go ahead. It's inevitable when you put that many athletes in one place, you're going to get sort of positive COVID tests. I think that's going to be a story that runs through the, the games, actually. Um, it can be easy for athletes. It's another thing to worry about that you've got this, um, you know, the last thing you want to do is get, is end up catching it two days before your event and missing your event. Uh-huh. So that's an, that is an unneeded. I mean, I was listening yeah. to a, a podcast with Garrett Thomas. It was a second one. He was saying the stress of getting the flight. What happens if you get catch it on the flight? I mean, he, you know, you're typically not arriving a month before your event. These, a lot of these athletes are arriving, you know, a few weeks before their event. So that'll be a real, that's a stress on top of the, the usual stress. You've got this, there is a, it must be tinged with disappointment that there's no fans. Um, I think it's going to be bizarre to watch. I, I've, me and Fiona were looking at, uh, we, we bought Le Keep last week just to get a, a free Tokyo preview to look at the times. And oh, a, lot, a lot of them are, it's, well, the time zone obviously needs to be taken into account. It's not like uh, we've had the London. So I think we're looking at, the marathon is starting at 6 a.m. local time. Uh, the women's race, of course, is on the 2nd of August, the men on the 9th, the week later. And, um, you know, last, there's an article I was reading was saying last July, there was a heat, a heat wave um in Tokyo, it was a historic one, mind, but it there was 133 people were killed from it, either by due to heat stroke or heat exhaustion during that heat wave. So the heat waves out there are not messing about. Um, they've already pulled it forward from seven till six a.m. Uh, it's a, I mean, that'll be a game changer. So say yeah. the women yeah. two two championship marathon, there'll be probably one in what two two twenty two twenty five on a normal day. So for the championship racing. So let's say the women's race is going to be, you'll be finishing at eight, between eight, say 8.30. It could be getting warm by then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, so I think for the, to answer your question, I, I kind of, it's another variable, but I think on the track, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, hope, hopefully the Scottish athletes are, you know, last time we saw Scots compete in the, in the heat was uh, when Mr. Simpson, Took home the the bronze medal for the marathon. So hopefully we see oh, some other stellar be... performances like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I wanted to share some information about the the village now, and and just some of the things that they're they're having to 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 kind of cope with. Uh, the first one I thought was really funny was the the be- the rooms, the bedrooms. Now, any of our listeners, if you know, if I am mistaken, any of our listeners all, are, are Olympian or Paralympians who listen. And, and, you know, feel free to get in touch and, and let us know what your experiences are like. You know, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Although I doubt uh, so anyone from the, who's at Tokyo are listening to TRS right now. But anyway, I want to check the rooms. Do you know the beds are made of cardboard? So did you, did you, did you see that I shared on the, on the Twitter account on the weekend, the video of the Irish Olympian? Did you see that? No. No, no. So he's like, he's demonstrating that it's apparently fake. Well, they are made of, of cardboard, but it's fake news that they're like, they're, they're weak. They're, he's, he's jumping up and down on this thing and it's solid. Like it's, it's, <laughs> right, okay. it, it's a bit, uh, yeah, let me see the, yeah. me, I'm going to share, I'm going to share the video with Kyle. So listeners, if you want to see the video, go to, uh, go to the TRS, um, uh, the TRS Twitter account and you'll see it. Um, I'd like to share my screen here. Well, well, while you're talking, while you're talking about that, the other the other things that I thought were of note is so there there's like 
I, I think the gym is the 600 machines or it's you can I think it's a 600 machines but each exercise kit each exercise equipment's uh, been screened off with plexiglass uh, as is the 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 canteen so but you, you also have to exercise in a mask oh, oh no that is grim that's that's grim isn't it jeez oh um but and, and another interesting thing I, that I thought was quite cool is they've got self they've got self driving shuttle buses. Wow, that's uh, that's really cool. <laughs> Imagine that. Can take me the take take me to the to the track, please. And and you're like, hello, <laughs> 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 what, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop the bus. It ends up ends up taking you to the velodrome instead. <laughs> it's off your program. Oh, I guess that could still happen with a human right. driver. But, but I, I, as far as I know, as well, is, are they not many people are getting the, the people have to adapt to the environment you know the, for the runners i think they have to run in the golf course they're not actually getting the use of the track i, I could be wrong oh, really? um, there's, there's a lot of things that are there i mean obviously you know the public are having to take it seriously and you know adhere to the guidelines and i suppose it's 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 not fair for the athletes just to be roaming around willy-nilly so um i don't know what the i would imagine there's there's quite there's a lot of um you know, ill, ill, ill feelings, ill effects with public and the athletes taking part. But as the IOC president said, you know, it's it's a sign of hope, and I think he's quite right that it's a sign of hope. And uh, hopefully, we we get some good sort of coverage of the Olympics as well. I, I am super positive about it. I'm I'm so excited about it. But my fear is it's going to be a shambles. I mean, we saw. So Coco Goff has pulled out. Uh, she she's um, well, tested positive for the, for for COVID, so won't be going. I think it's only a matter of time until we see a big like a big athletics track and field name test positive and, and be ruled out. And that will be, I think, that's going to be the story of it. Um, and is that is that and, what will happen? If if someone tests positive, you won't be allowed to race. Well, well if it's within your uh, if it's within your. Um, I guess what is, I don't know what they're, let's say they have something similar to UK, it's between, oh, here we go, all, all who test positive for COVID Olympics must go into isolation for 14 days. Contact tracing is being implemented. So imagine if someone with COVID ends up going into the canteen and starts and chats to half the, I don't know, the British rowing squad yeah. and, and a, a boat's ruled out. I mean, oh, no. it's, I mean, you, I mean, I'm just reading an article here that was saying uh, on the New, New York Times, Sunday also brought news that eight members of Team Great Britain in Yokohama, including six athletes, have been ordered to self-isolate because they've been in close contact with somebody who tested positive on Friday. Uh, they'll need to test negative twice over 48 hours before being allowed to leave isolation and rejoin their teams. So, I mean, if you're an athlete and your race is coming up, you're going to have to really try and shut yourself off because... What happens if, uh, like, your relay team, you, you know, your, your mates, your pals, you know, your sprinter buddies, will you just, you're, you know, four of them get it and you've only got three left? That's you, your curtains. Your... Yeah. But I think, from what I know, it looks like they've sent like a full, full team of, of the relays. Like, yeah. Like eight, eight, eight in the four by four and four by one. So yeah, I'd imagine if I was a coach, I would be like, look, guys, you can't be chatting for if you know, you, you've got to keep your distance, even though you can't because you've got to pass a baton around. You know, are, you, are they going to sanitize the baton or? Yeah, I don't know. But also, let's not forget, Tokyo is in a state of emergency right now. You know, yeah. it's a, they've got record, infect, or re, not record, but highest infections they've had in something like six months. 
there's also, I mean, the pressure that you have is that a lot of the a lot of Japan and Tokyo residents themselves are opposed to the games at the moment. They don't think it's right. They don't get a lot of money yeah. to spend without without. I don't know how much if they're getting anything back. You think of the, do you still get the legacy of that? I don't know. You, I mean, I read somewhere that Tokyo, uh, what they call Toyota, are not running any ads uh, related to the Olympics. Uh, they won't attend the opening ceremony. I mean, uh, I really, I hope that we get, I hope that they get the testing under control or the case under control. But you do worry that it could be, it could spiral, and we haven't even started yet. Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, but as you say, positive mindset. I think as long as the the key, like, let's, I was going to British, but more particularly top Scottish athletes get there. They are, uh, they, they keep themselves to themselves. They're not hanging around licking any lampposts. They're, they don't get COVID <laughs> and they can, they can crack on. Um, Absolutely. Well, well, talking about, you know, uh, some stellar Olympians, stellar Scottish Olympians, uh, I had the pleasure of catching up with, um, Ailey Doyle, who is one of the trustees at the Athletics Trust Scotland. And uh, when I chatted to Ailey, it was before she announced her retirement. So, you know, all you smart Alex out there, uh, you know, just obviously I knew, um, but this is before she announced her retirement. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I write. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, when I ask her what her plans are, uh, you know, they might they might be slightly, slightly, uh, slightly, slightly old news. But uh, anyway, here is the phenomenal <laughs> athlete, or uh, one of our legendary Olympians, four hundred meter hurdles, Ailey Doyle. Okay, so I'm delighted to have Ailey Doyle on the show. Ailey Doyle is one of the Athletics Trust Scotland's trustees and a Scottish Olympian, a Commonwealth Games medalist, you name it, she's she's done it. Uh, so before we start, what I want to just get, get a kind of flavour of, just for the, the viewers, is um, just a little bit about who you are and kind of, you know, what, how you got into athletics, Ailey. Yeah, well, that's that's going back a lot of years now. Um, no, I, I, um, I got into athletics via sort of my big sister. Um, she ran across country for her school and, and won it out like out the park, and nobody really expected yeah. to win it. Um, and she was kind of asked afterwards if she was a part part of a club or anything like that, and she wasn't. Um, so she was asked if she wanted to come along and, and to the, one of the local clubs, Petrivi it was at the time, um, to, to to try it out properly sort of thing. So I basically just went along with her to to keep her company, try it out myself, um, and then it just kind of started there and never really left. Um, and right. yeah, just did a bit of everything when I was younger, um, as you do, you know, cross country, all the field events, um, and soon discovered that sort of I was suited more to the kind of longer sprint, and then eventually tried the hurdles and and kind of got into that event and and yeah it's kind of never really looked back <laughs> that's brilliant but now I, I feel i feel a, a little bit uh bad i said the commonwealth games medalist but you're actually you know you got a, an olympic bronze medal at the four by four hundred uh in the olympics the 2016 rio de janeiro yeah. olympics um you're the scottish record holder for the 400 meter hurdles and the indoor 400 meter hurdles uh, sorry 400 meters as well um now that that's a big sort of you know that that's such an amazing achievement and you're a cert, you're a huge ambassador for the sport um so yeah just just tell us a little bit about you know just going from you know getting involved in athletics from the grassroots 
all the way through to becoming a an Olympian and winning a medal like you know that's the ultimate achievement for any athlete how you know how's that how did that feel yeah I mean it's funny because you obviously it's a it's this massive step you know from obviously yeah. joining as a youngster to then being able to you know compete at Olympics and win and have a get a medal at Olympic Games you know because that's sort of pinnacle of the sport and and when you you see it like that it seems like this massive massive step but for me it was just plugging away just you know taking part the the constant that's kind of been in my whole career has just been the the sheer enjoyment and love of doing athletics and kind of racing and and challenging myself and that's where I've always had the joy from it's never really come from trying to target medals or target time it's always just been the sheer joy of getting the absolute best out of myself and and like I say, that's been the constant from starting out as a youngster right through to sort of standing on that Olympic podium. Um, but it was just, yeah, training away, plugging away, you know, setting yourself little targets of trying to make that first kind of, um, you know, regional team, then that first national team, getting my first GB vest, you know, running for Scotland, all these kind of targets that you had. Um, and then all of a sudden, and it probably wasn't until I was kind of in my my mid-20s when I actually went full-time training um, that I could kind of believe that I could make an Olympic Games you know believe I could kind of challenge um, you know the sort of top class athletes and, and race against them um, but like I say that 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 love for it's always kind of been the constant there and, and I think you know um, I remember when I won the Olympic medal it was it was strange because I wouldn't say that my Olympic medal is my biggest achievement right. um, because I've, you know, I've, I think in terms of performance, I think in terms of races, I've, I've run a lot better in other races. I think probably my biggest achievement was winning my European title in 2014. Yeah. But, but I feel like my Olympic medal just encompasses everything. Yeah. Because the Olympic medal is the one thing that you sort of think about as a youngster when you're dreaming about being an athlete without really understanding what it takes to, to make yeah. it to that stage, without really understanding, you know, the reality of, of of making it to that, that level um so I kind of feel like my Olympic medal although it wasn't like I say my best race actually that encompasses all the my whole career you know it's that that being able to hold that just makes me think oh wow this has been like a such an amazing uh, time you know being able to go and do what I love and being able to go and travel the world and be able to race and win medals and it's nice to have that kind of solid Olympic medal that'll be the the one thing that you know I I, I show my son when he grows up I show my grandkids you know yeah. that, one thing that, that kind of sticks out with my career yeah well what, what, what was the sort of focal point for you and you might not know the answer to this um that you you actually thought hold on I, I think I can get to the Olympics or I, was it was it when you're really young or did you think um was, was it that that sort of stepping stone when you you know you got you did well region you know from a club level regional level national level and so on and so forth was that you know was, was that always a realistic target for you or one that you always believed that you could you could do or what was it's, that like? I, I think if you'd asked me as a youngster and I would have said yeah my dream is to make the Olympics and, and, and I would have believed that I could make it yeah without understanding what it what it takes to get there and probably yeah. as I got that bit older then it was like actually this is hard work this is you know this is not just a a natural progression just because you're good as a youngster doesn't necessarily mean you're going to naturally be good as a senior you're naturally going to make all the teams um you know it's about it's about the hard work it's about sometimes just the luck of you know of things coming together at the right time so I probably didn't really believe I was going to be an Olympian until I ran the British trials in 2012 and finished second and automatically qualified you know and then it was like that's it I've, I've, I've done it you know I've automatically qualified although I'd been to the world champs in 2011 I'd been to my 
the Commonwealth Games and the Europeans in 2010. Yeah. Uh, the Olympics was a bit different. And obviously my first Olympics was 2012 in London. So that was... So special. That, yeah, it was special. And it was the one that you were like, oh, I don't want to be... I don't want to miss this one. You know, I want to make sure there was a lot of kind of pressure on it. And I think... And, and the thing is, with athletics, we're always one of the last sports to get selected for the Games. And yeah. there's a whole build-up to it. And, and I remember in 2012, people constantly saying, like, oh, so you're going to be going to the Olympics. And I'm like, no, I don't know yet. We've not qualified yet. So I never, <laughs> ever believed. I never, ever let myself think I was going until I was definitely, you know, yeah. I'd tick that box and, and automatically qualified for it. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And then, you know, one, one of the things, you know, you talked about it, it was hard work to get to to the standard that you're at to get that medal and you know to become European champion and things um but you know, aside from hard work you know what what else did did you need for these steps to be to be in place you know in terms of support and your support network what was what was that like for Ailey? Yeah well that was massive I think for me one of the, the the biggest kind of moves I made in my career was in 20. 11 well in 20 at the end of 2010 I uh, changed coach and started working with Malcolm Arnold um, right. who had at the time he had a really really good um, hurdle squad down in Bath yeah. uh, like so Di Green, um, Jack Green, Tasha Danvers, uh, Lawrence Clark, Andrew Posey all these guys that were sort of Tasha obviously was already won her Olympic medal at that point Di was already current world champion uh, yeah. current European champion uh, Colmouth champion and then they had the sort of the Jack Greens and Jipotes they were the up and coming sort of athletes and and pretty much if you were a hurdler in Britain you were kind of going to Malcolm so I moved yeah, okay. I, I kind of made the move to to go and work with him um, and it was kind of moving down to Bath um, and for me I was able to do that because well Brian wasn't my husband at the time um, yeah. but he allowed me to kind of just say can I go down there and train you know can I up yeah. and leave and move down there and train and I had the support yeah. obviously from the squad down there who were fantastic you know um, I had a family that let me live with them down there um, a, a family that I'd never met before I kind of drove down to Bath moved in with them and they were just like a second family to me and um, nice. so kind of them the support from Brian the support from Malcolm the training group that allowed me to kind of be based down there, have a really good squad, have really good training, um, also just really learn a lot about being just professional and having the right attitude. And I think that gave me all the sort of um, other components I needed as well as just the, the actual training hard. Um, and then I'd say after 2012, I did a lot of work with uh, psychologists as well. And I think right. the mindset's been a massive thing for me, you know, just making sure physically, yes, I'm ready to go, but actually mentally being able to kind of get the best out of yourself on the track, I think is a massive thing as well, because yeah. to get to the stage, you know, to get to European level, world level, um, Commonwealth level, everybody works hard, everybody trains hard, yeah. but it's the other things that need to be in place, like the support, like the mindset, they're the elements as well that need to kind of all come together too. And I'd say they're, they're very important as well, just like the your mindset, the support that you've got, um, it just makes life so much easier. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's good that, you know, having that support network as well is hugely important for, you know, an athlete like you. And it, it just shows you it's, it's one athlete doesn't make the team. It's having everyone around and people who believe in what you do and things. And it's great that that's it's worked for you as well. Um, so, you know, to sum up so far in your career, I mean, you've been running for how many years now, uh, Ailey? Too, say too, too many years. Eh? 25 plus, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so what what would you you know in brief terms what do you think athletics has given you oh it's it's so hard to even keep it brief it's there's 
yeah so much that it's given me you know and I think when people probably look from the outside in they probably think it's the medals and and, and it's that things but actually that's just one part of it yes the medals are fantastic but actually just the it's taught me a lot about myself it's taught me just a lot about all the sort of things that I have in my life that make me tick you know that kind of the hard work ethic the determination very being independent you know like I say moving away from home traveling the world all that sort of stuff um taught me just how to kind of go for pursue what I want I want to achieve and things like that but it's also it's opened me up to meeting so many of my friends yeah. from, from athletics all my lifelong friends met my husband through athletics you know um all these other aspects of it I think it's just it's taught me so much about myself and just giving me so much back in return as well like I say like um there's there's so many people that I've met through the sport who yeah like are friends for life yeah and and I suppose you know you're 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 a mother now and um you know and, and I suppose you wouldn't have through running you wouldn't have met your you know your other exactly. half as well and you know <laughs> could have been slightly different circumstances so what's it like being you know an, an athlete and, and a mother now and you know, in terms of is is your outlook changed on athletics, or is it is it strengthened it, or what's, yeah, I think I think it's probably done a bit of both. I think it's it's allowed me not to take it so seriously anymore. I think just having other things going on that are um you know more important. Um, not that not that athletics is any less important, but there's something else going on in my life. You know, there's somebody who who needs me and depends on me, and I think yeah. that's allowed me to be a bit more chilled out about. Yeah athletics as well not not be so intense and uptight with it so I think that's been really good um and again takes those changes those priorities and changes those pressures and things like that so um definitely it's definitely um been a blessing I think in terms of of my attitude towards my athletics yeah brilliant and and that's you know in terms of your your attitude towards athletics you have you've always been heavily involved in it um you know like I said at start you're a huge ambassador a huge inspiration to you know runners and, and and athletes of all levels um but you know one one particular thing that i wanted to chat to you about is the the trust you know you're now a, a trustee of athletics trust scotland um which is a newly formed charity and uh, and it's and it's there as a as a non-profit distributing charity to to give back to the sport and to develop the sport for for the future so um what what, what kind of made you want to be a, a trustee for for the trust in person yeah well mainly because of kind of the reasons that I've cited already that that yeah. the amount the, the what everything I got out of the sport you know there's been there's been massive things I've 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 taken from sport you know and 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 um although I'm an athlete I'm ultimately a massive fan as well and yeah. and I just feel like it was important for me to to kind of show that and show actually you know how much I think it's important how much is given to me um and how much you can get out of it um, that to be able to sort of put something back into it, um, I think is massive. You know, I think sometimes you can, it always sounds a bit cliche when you say I want to give back, but if it is that kind yeah. of understanding of, well, actually I can, you know, I can sit and talk to people and tell them how much I've gained within my life through athletics. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to be able to kind of share that and say to people, yeah. actually it's such an important thing and it has been in my life. So why wouldn't I want to sort of um, promote that and, and show that and share that and, 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 and encourage people and to put things back into you know because it's been such a, a big part of, of of my life and of of who I am. 
Yeah, I think one thing that strikes me is the fact that you don't say it's just about winning medals, it's about all the other things as well, um, which is, you know, maybe some people just don't understand that until they, they, they experience it for themselves and go, hold on, it's not, I just don't just go and run around a track. Yeah. I get to meet new people, I get, I feel better about myself, I, yeah. I get fit and, you know, and, and, and ultimately as well, you know, you, you met your, you know, your other half. Yeah, through running and athletics and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all the stuff you learn and, and I would say that actually the, the the things I learned most about myself came from those races and those performances that didn't necessarily go the way I wanted them yeah. to go as well yeah. it was kind of understanding right how do we get better how do we move on from that and um, and like I say it made me a really kind of more rounded sort of person because of that but it also has given me skills and uh, tricks that I've learned through athletics and other parts of life you know it's kind of given me all these kind of skills and, and, and understandings about myself that I can now sort of um, use in other parts that, that of my life as well so like I say it's made it's, it's just given me so many so many strings to my bow I think. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so we talked about you know you as a trustee and, and the reasons behind it so as one of the trustees what what do you kind of hope that the trust will achieve in the future in the near and the kind of long-term future yeah I just it's just giving I think it's a nice thing for people to be able to give back but I think one of the nice things about it is people get a sort of choice of where they want to give back you know so people who are passionate about athletics and and what I love about athletics is there's so many different aspects to it you know so obviously you've got the elite you've got the performance but you've also got the recreational you've got the 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 sociable side of it you know people who won't just meet on a Saturday you know there's no time on it there's no sort of target it's just like let's all go out together for a run you know and it's not just running it's the it's jumping it's throwing it's mountain racing it's all these different aspects um within the sport that are there and I think the nice thing about the trust is um if you've got that connection to to something you know to some part of it to some part of it whether it's you know um you've got a relative you've got a son or daughter that runs or you ran yourself um I think it's nice to be able to say all right I'd like to be able to give back to to that sport that gave me something or that sport that that I'm involved in or that sport that I've got some sort of connection to and I can kind of decide you know where I'd like to give it back to because like I say if you're passionate about you know grassroots and you know being able to sort of support that or if you're passionate about you know the track side of it if you're passionate about the cross-country side all these different aspects you're able to sort of um again be able to sort of direct where you would you would like that support to go and I think that's a really nice thing about it as well because yeah. like I said, there is so much to to the sport and there's so much there and and uh, yeah I think a lot of people will have some sort of connection in different ways to it yeah yeah brilliant brilliant so yeah well thank you so much for that Ailey um but one thing before you go now as as I mentioned this is going to go on the tar and running shorts uh so we okay. do have like a fartlek round Okay. Um, which I didn't put in the, the notes, so you, it's going to be off the cuff answers. But I, won't, I promise not to chip you up too much. Um, so what's your what's your favourite pre-race meal? Oh, no, that's hard because I sometimes get quite nervous, but I think yeah. it's normally, um, if it's sort of early doors, it's normally just like porridge and honey and then maybe like a banana a bit later on. Yeah. But if it's a, sort of a sort of... If it's sort of an evening race, then it's normally some sort of protein, you know, a, a bit of chicken or something like that with, um, with well, a nice a coffee not too sort of late on as well, just to get that sort of uh, that boost as well. But I'd, I'd say actually I'm not, a, I've always got the sort of butterflies in the stomach. So sort of getting that pre-race meal in is always a bit of a challenge trying to, you know, get it, get it in me and, and get yeah. me ready to go and race. 
Nice, nice. What's this a funny one? We asked this, uh, you know, it's mainly like long distance, middle distance runners, but it'd be interesting to know what your favourite athletic shoe is. Is it just a spike or what would that look like for you? Um, yeah, yeah, yes, probably the, this, there's a spike that, I, that I'm, I'm not too fussy with spikes. I'm pretty, you know, general, but Puma have got a spike that's like, it's a sprint spike, but normally a sprint yeah. spikes are quite flimsy. There's not a lot to them, but they've got one that's that's got a heel to them, which is actually ideal for 400 hurdles because it's ah, kind of okay. the sprint yeah. and ability, but it's also got the stability for when you land off the hurdle. Because I yeah. sometimes find when the sprint spikes, there's nothing to them. When you land off a hurdle, and I've got really, my ankles are just gone, so I'll go <laughs> ankle quite a lot. So right. I really need that stability around my ankles. So I like those ones. So they're sort of sprint spikes with the, the solid plate on the ankle. So it means yeah. that when you land... Um, off the hurdle, it's um, you're not gonna you're not gonna roll or anything like that. Yeah, nice. That's, very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great answer. It's uh, it's usually what people say is uh, Pegasus, you know, uh, a Nike Pegasus. So uh, <laughs> well, that's thing. I need to I need to try all these ones that are controversial. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just step up the distance in future yeah. years. Ah, uh, you stick stick to the, the you know the the discipline. Um, and what about what's your favorite movie? You got a favourite movie? Um, it does change. I think probably the one that stuck with me has been a favourite for a long time is Stand by Me. So that's oh yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, but that's that's one of my favourite ones. That one, yeah. yeah. Favourite athletics hero? Sally Gunnell. Ah, oh, nah, that's a great, great answer. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I suppose you're back in our day, you know, because you're the same age as me when you mm. saw her when in her teens or. When you're a kid growing up and you see her just smashing, you know. Yeah, these, well, it's, it's really funny, like, because that's that. My first memory of athletics was was that kind of era, was the Sally Gunnels, the Colin Jacksons, the yeah. kind of yeah. watching that. I remember just like willing her, like willing Sally Gunnell on to 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 win and stuff like that, but not having any connection to the event whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, kind of becoming a four meter hurdler, and then actually going back and watching those races. But be like, really like scrutinising them, watching our stride patterns, watching how yeah. she hurdle, like um. But being able to watch them when I was young, just without any kind of technical aspect at all, just enjoying somebody running really well and winning an Olympic medal. To then actually going back and watching them as an athlete and being like, right, what did you do here? What did you do there? So it's uh, it's kind of come full circle. Now, now this is um, you know, th- th- this this section as well is probably for the the podcast. But how how we we've never had a, a hurdler on the show before, um. Mm-hmm. How difficult or is it to train for hurdles compared to just for a 400 meter race? You know, a 400 meter flat race without any hurdles. Um, yeah, well, I mean, ultimately the this the speed, the endurance is all kind of needed to be there. Yeah, yeah. But in order to train as a four hurdler, you need a hurdle. Like that's yeah. the big thing. And I remember when I first joined Malcolm, one of his sessions that he does is every Thursday it would be two runs over ten hurdles, which is the right. full distance. Yeah. And I remember going down two runs over 10 like is he is he nuts you know because normally I would do maybe like two over five or two okay. maybe one to eight and, and I was like to Malcolm two over 10 and he's like well how how are you ever going to replicate how you feel over that last hurdle without yeah. running over the full 10 hurdles and I was like well you're right you know and so ultimately that that became a, a weekly session for me and I remember other athletes joining the squad doing the exact same thing thinking we're going to do two runs over 10 hurdles like that's that's two races that's like the, the race to twice but it, it it seems so kind of crazy then but actually it seems very normal now that that's well 
in order to be able to learn how to run 400 hurdles, in order to be able to replicate how you're going to feel down that home straight, you need to run over hurdles constantly. So you can do all you can do all the hard training, you can do the split fours, you can do the yeah. 9300s, you can do all that. But actually, the best session to get that understanding of what it feels like to run down the home straight is, is to run over the, the 10 hurdles. So that, that was one of my, my main yeah. sessions. But ultimately, the, the other sessions are very similar to, to 400 meter runners. Some of it's similar to 800 meter runners as well. You know, it's that yeah. kind of endurance side of it as well. So, um, so yeah. Hard work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think it's one of the hardest races on the on the track when you look at it. You know, four hundred. You you go off too hard. Your your curtains by the la, You know, the, yeah. the 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 home straight anyway. Um, what happens? You know, like I, I'm just interested. I think a lot of people will be as well. If you if you're in a race and you get your you know you you hit the hurdle or your your stride goes slightly off. How easy is it? Is that the end of the race? Do you think, or is it? Is, is it? It, it, it can be. Got... I think it's it's been able to sort of be able to adapt very easily. I mean, you go in, you go into a race and you've got a stride pattern, so you've yeah. got the, the the amount of stride you're gonna you're gonna do in that race, and that can sometimes alter depending on sort of conditions, wind, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so in your head you've got this plan, but you need to be able to be adaptable as well. That if that plan doesn't go the way you want it you know to not let it affect the rest of your race um yeah. and I think that's 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 probably one of the biggest skills you can have as a 400 meter hurdler is that kind of ability to be able to um keep going if you don't you know if you go through the hurdle with the wrong leg or whatever is just to be able to kind of forget about it and just you know ca- carry on and, and I, I've had to happen to me I had, I had a race in France once when it was just gale force wind and I took the wrong hurdle with my I took the very first hurdle with my wrong leg okay but it's almost like oh man well I've buggered that up you know so just keep running and then it's a case of right I don't know what I'm doing but whatever leg I'm coming to here I'm just going to take the hurdle with it uh-huh. and it was you know I got away with it and I ran, I ran pretty pretty quick but yeah. but I wouldn't choose to do that very often you know I <laughs> like to have my stride pattern I like to have my sort of structure to it and, and the thing is normally when you go to champs um the stadiums are nice you know yeah. they're enclosed there's the conditions aren't going to be too nuts you know it's going to be fairly calm you can actually stick to your your stride pattern um pretty easily um yeah. One of my biggest challenge was kind of 24, the end of 24 going into sort of 2015 was I was kind of in between strides. Yeah. So I could play it safe and 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 kind of keep keep my stride pattern the way it was, or I could kind of just try and push and, and yeah. sort of that one less stride. And it was trying to decide within that race, am I good to go here or do I have to kind of hold back? And, yeah. and it was one of my biggest challenges was when I was kind of in between strides yeah. is trying to sort of make the right call at the right time. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And talking about challenges, you know, what's um, what what's the next challenge for you? Um, is obviously just getting your foot back into you know rehab and and getting yourself strong again. Um, so yeah, yeah what, what's it looking like for Fairly in the next? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's for me, it's it's a strange one because I'm obviously at a kind of different point in my career now. I've got a lot yeah. of things going on, and it's just about getting back you know trying to yeah. get to a, a decent shape that I'd be happy with um yeah. my although I've said before obviously that the, the the medals are important and stuff like that but for me it's about like I say that um that joy from running yeah. uh, and and you know and, and I do have a bit of an ego with with the way I run in my performance you know and I want yeah. to able to put on a you know a, a good a good run I'm not going to come out and race if I'm not in the shape that that, that I, I would like to be or I would normally be in 
Um, so, so for me, that's that's the big thing. It's being able to kind of get back to a position where I'm happy and yeah. I can you know, go out there and run and sort of do myself justice. Um, and so just be kind of training hard and, and hoping that we, we get to that point. Brilliant. Well, Ailey, it's been fantastic speaking to you and yeah, I wish you all the best in the near future. And yeah, no doubt I'll be I'll be yeah, chatting to you uh soon anyway about the trust and just pushing that forward and driving it forward. So thanks, thanks again for coming on and having a chat about athletics. No worries, thanks for having me. Great, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Ailey, for joining. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm really excited to hear to, to hear it. It's you're a real a hero, a real hero of the sport. And I'm, it's amazing Cal's managed to, to catch up with you and get you on. Um, so thank you for thank you for joining. Yeah. Right, and, Kyle. All right. Sorry. So no, I was just gonna say, you know, thanks for all the, the, the work that you do, Ailey, you know, for the sport. Um and yeah, just you know, keeping it alive. So I'm looking forward to working with her in the trust. So, yeah, anyway, what we're going to chat about now is we have a number of results from the, you know, in our, not only um, internationally, but also locally. So, Tommy, will we kick off with the first one? What one will we start with since we've got uh, an array of results uh, for this so, episode? I think the one we need to talk about, which was the, which was absolutely my favourite result from the weekend, uh, such that we were... Our Twitter is not that active, but I felt the need to celebrate this one is uh, the MK5000, where uh, one of our pals of the show, Morag Miller, has absolutely smashed it. So Morag, is, who's been on the show a couple of times, um, a bit of context, you know, Morag, former you know, Commonwealth-level athlete, has you know run for Scotland on many occasions, uh, Scottish champion uh, on on a cross-country track, a real talent, um, and but has has been out of the been out of the sport a little while with uh, having had a baby last year, which was super exciting. We understand the comeback wasn't so straightforward, following some um, some birth trauma issues, and she's been shaping up really well in Strava. You can see her running's been coming back. We've seen some good results from her, looking good. But there's a difference between putting in good sessions and delivering and boy oh boy she delivered and she's run the commonwealth standard at 5000 meters at the mk5000 in um she was second in the, the elite race and ran 1543 unreal that's amazing isn't it it's uh, um, so amazing yeah uh, it, it, it just shows like she beat jenny nesbitt as well who's a fantastic athlete you know she edged her off yeah 1544 and, and Abby Donnelly uh, was the winner of that race, 15.42. But, like, uh, yeah, I'm just super, super impressed by Morag. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely get, we'll, we'll try and get Morag on the show just to, you know, just to kind of follow. Because the last time we had her on, she's just had a baby. And, or was it just before? No, it was just after, wasn't it? Ah, anyway. Uh, pass. Yeah. But, but yeah, let's uh, let's get Morag back on the show and, and let's get her, you know, from... From the, the the legend's mouth, from the horse's mouth, but uh, yeah, I I I I, I said she was she obviously ran that sixteen flat. Was it just sixteen flat? I think that's right. Yeah, going. Yeah, and that was just a, a park run, or it was uh you know the club, one of our club races that she club, was doing it. Club event, um, yeah. So to you know to to run something like that's just just phenomenal. So yeah, looking forward to 
seeing what she can do. And, you know, hopefully it, it's going to be tough. You know, there's going to be a lot of fast girls who are going to, you know, aim for that qualifying spot. So, but I'm sure she'll be able just to keep keep track of that and hopefully, uh, yeah, get get to that Commonwealth Games uh, next year, hopefully. That'd do you, be, do you, what, really amazed, what really impressed me, you know, the time itself is amazing, 15.43, uh, as you say, a second front of Jenny Nesbitt, but our 3K split, 9.23, I mean that you know that in itself is a is a is a is a hell of a run, and I'm I'm just looking at her her uh, her splits here, and she's oh it's, it's it's a thing of beauty. So yeah, well done, absolutely incredible. Well, and talking about you know that that sort of three k time as well, we had uh, I, I don't know if we had, we spoke about it last last week. Erin Wallace's bronze performance at the the European Under Twenty Three Championships. Mm, um, yeah. So, or did we? Okay. Well, anyway, I've, we've, we've lined Erin up and uh, we're going to be having Erin Wallace on the show to, you know, chat about that that sort of, um, this is probably the first I've told you, uh, Tommy, but anyway, we've, we've lined her up. So she's a, a fantastic triathlete, but she's also, you know, coming of age uh, in the athletics, um, you know, in the athletics world as well. So, uh, yeah, great result by Erin who ran, uh, I think it was a nine, what was it? I'm not even, do you know, I've just completely lost, it's not, it wasn't the 3K she ran, it was a 1500, jeez, oh Kyle, sort yourself out, who else ran a, a who else, so, it was Megan I, Keith, that's who I'm talking gonna, about. I was going to, I was going to say, you're, you're jumping it, you're jumping over the place, we've got, we've got a bit of results <laughs> plan here, mate, we can talk about <laughs> Megan Keith if you want, but let's, uh, yeah, so, a fantastic run for Megan style. Keith. <laughs> so Megan, that was an amazing, that was another result that we, we were tracking over the weekend, and yeah, just, uh, she did we a talent. We said that the, the we were obviously last year, a big year for her. Um, and you know, to, at the British, the British Challenge of 23 Champs, where she she walked it, uh, essentially to win it and 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 qualify for the Euros. And she's only just absolutely another just a, didn't edged out of the medals. I don't know the results in front of me, I'm trying to find them. She was edged out of the medals, uh, I know that much, finishing case, fourth, yeah. yeah. But you know that what an experience, and that's only the beginning for Megan Keith. There's no doubt about it. Ah, oh, yeah, fantastic run by by Megan, and uh, and Erin as well. So yeah, well done. And that that kind of brings us on to talk about the the talent ten. I think they're calling is it the talent talent ten. Yeah, talent like ten. It. Um, is there any other results you want to mention about that? Um, we, so the talent we, ten. Let me get. Uh, I think I had it up a minute ago. The talent ten. Uh, I thought it was a really good uh, kudos to. Scottish Athletics on their uh, on their their use of that hashtag. They, I like when they come up with those sort of things. Like the it's not like the Rio Eight or something, whatever it is. Anyway, um, Alison Bell um, was a uh, got gold as part of the team in the four by one hundred. She of course being a Githnik, Githnik North AC athlete. Um, who else have we got? I'm a, I'm a Kane Elliott. Kane Elliott was running. Uh, he he also was quite close to the medals. He got a fourth place in fifteen hundred. And uh, yeah, I don't know what his time was. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't matter when it comes to heats and finals. But we had Joe Ewan as well, who was in tenth in that final. Uh, we also had Iona Minonen, who—that's a—I'm in the wrong one here. Where am I? Uh, it's got squeezed. Oh, she she is it. She won nine fifteen. Nine fifteen, yeah. No, she was a winner. Um, so it just shows you, met Megan Keith. She was literally, uh, yeah, she was literally in 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 the lead. I think it was two hundred meters to go. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's I, like haven't, second, I haven't seen. There's like wow. a second within the top four, top five in the race. So that God, that's uh, that's tight, isn't it? Jeez, oh. Um, anyway, we, we also had the uh, the three thousand meter men under twenty three, and that was Duncan Robinson who came up with a twelfth place finish in eight twenty six. I say under twenty three, under twenties. Apologies, folks. Uh, we also had. So I tell you, who we also had. We also had Alistair Marshall, who's who's a listener of TRS, or at least was in the early days. And what you know, for making a GB debut, uh, Euro under twenties. 16th place in 1457 in the in the 5000. So well done, uh, well done, Alistair. That's uh, yeah, we, yeah. we we remember when you were a young lad and uh, your your Look dad at, wrote in wrote into TRS to, to celebrate a result that you'd run at the cross country a few years ago. So it's it's really cool to see you wearing a GB vest. I'm sure yeah. the first of many. Yeah, and you know we'll be writing to you now. Uh, you know just keep 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 it up, keep that upward curve, upward trend up, and uh, yeah, we'll be. We'll be hunting you down, Alistair. Um, Absolutely. So, so, so yeah, that, that's some of the results, which, uh, yeah, thoroughly pleased with how the, the Scots got on from a GB standpoint in under 23 European Championships. The next thing you've got in the news section, Kyle, is uh, you've added something that I, don't, I know nothing about. Uh, so you're going to have to go on this. Bowl oh, 800. What on earth is that? <laughs> Did you not see it? I can guess what it is, so, but I, I've what, not heard of it. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Bolt would do for an eight hundred meters? Uh, now, bear uh, in mind, he's the world record holder for a hundred meters, and, and he's one. not, in, and he's not in shape right now. But, I, I, I guess I'm gonna right. guess. I don't know. One forty. I say what? I said one fifty. One fifty. What for? For an eight hundred? A, a sprinter. Jeez, oh man, you're you're very, you're like me. You're you're too optimistic. <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I don't know. Which, I mean, yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with 150. Bolt. Bolt. This is Usain Bolt. I think Usain Bolt, fastest man in earth. Uh, yeah. Well, his first um his first 400 meters was 74 seconds. So you're you know that would that would be a severe yeah, negative okay. split. Yeah, and okay. uh, is he, he ended up finishing. In two minutes and forty seconds. <laughs> Jenny Selman would have him. Go oh, on, Jenny. Get it up here. <laughs> Jenny that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an insult to Jenny. Jenny No, not at all. Two twice over. I meant I meant I meant it I meant it nothing but as a as a <laughs> as a compliment. You know, I I hope and Jenny doesn't know us from Adam, but if I hope she listen if she listens, she knows that we were we were thoroughly uh, impressed and pleased yeah, with the run exactly, this year. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, apparently he said uh, after the race that he, he think his fastest time over 800 meters during training was 205. I think that is cool. You know, two, unless that was when he was training. Way off. Years, but, um, but he said he's also kicking off about these new spikes, which, which kind of brings me on to another question. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but sprinter spikes must be improving with technology as well. And, it's probably only going to be a matter of time before that also helps the you know, get, get faster. I would imagine. I think I imagine it. I think it must be already. Did Bolt not say? I think I read a headline a couple weeks ago. He said he reckoned he could run was it something like nine six with the with new with new spikes. But on the subject of new spikes, what's quite cool is I know it's Nike and their yet another marketing genius are offering their uh, I can't remember what the Dragonfly or their super quick spikes called. Uh, they're offering it in white. Unbranded, 
for any any athlete to wear who doesn't, and you can put your own sponsor on it if you want. They're just saying, yeah, like we, we just want you to be fast. We, oh, really? okay, yeah, I mean, okay, you're you don't like money, it, aren't you? they've got bigger, and exactly, they've got bigger uh, ulterior motives there, I'm sure. But, um, ah. yeah, interesting to see a company offer up their shoes without any logos on it. Is that is that like just for the dragonflies, or is that just for the for the mem- question for the public? The, that's a good question. If they, I don't know if they're offering up like, the big alphas for the other oh. athletes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's mental. I, I think the I, don't, I think the shoe debate is going to rear its head at the games. If someone runs something outrageous, there's a questions will come up for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, well that kind of brings us on nicely to talk about. I, I don't know if Alpha Flies would would work in a hill race, and um, cer- certainly not in some of the hill races in Scotland. Because well, you say you, you say that you've now got plated trail shoes. I think the North Face certainly have got a. A, tra- a trail shoe with a plate in it, and I, okay, I've got bigger problems getting running hills than 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 the shoe I'm wearing, and I'm I don't understand the, maybe it's if you're de- descending already at your limit, you can get an extra boing as you come down the hill off of them, and oh. I, I still I can't maybe if it's just a bit of road in it, but anyway, sorry, I took your hill racing. Well, yeah, so it's, it's been nice to see some hill racing back on the the calendar, which um you know. Thoroughly pleased about, thoroughly excited about. Um, but one particular, a couple of results. One particular one I wanted to chat about was the Dollar Hill race. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I ran that. I think it was the Scottish Champs. Uh, was it Scottish Champs? I think it was the league race. Uh, anyway, um, I think it was the Scottish Championship, Scottish Hill Running Champs years ago. And uh, I was lucky enough to get a second and just ahead of, uh, just behind Prasad Prasad, uh, who, 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 just edged me out, sprint finished me at the end there. But it's been great to see, uh, you know, an, an old friend back running, um, Joe Simmons, Shettleston Harriers, uh, who won the race, won 1702. So well done to Joe, uh, who's also the brother of a uh, legend, legendary ultra trail runner, Andy Simmons as well, who who got a fourth or fifth place at the UTMB the year I did it. So, you know, his, uh, his, his whole family are just, uh, you know, running legends, mountain goats, uh, as, as we would call them. So uh, we also had second place Sam Tosh, who wasn't far behind Joe in one seventeen twenty six, and your third place guy was Ross Gollan of Shettleston Harriers as well, one eighteen forty four. Uh, we we also had um, you know just talking about some of the other vets where Jethro Lennox was fr- first veteran. Uh, your your first. M50 was uh, Gary Fraser and uh, yeah I'm not going to go all the way there's a a lot of runners taking part which which is great to see 212 runners taking part so it's a fantastic turnout in in the hill running calendar there your first female was uh, where are we your first female where are we where are we apologies we get this wrong we Oh, yeah, Jill, Jill Stephen, Jill Stephen, who, who's one of our the listeners of the show, uh, HBT 1303. HBT. HBT. And uh, Kirsty Dixon got the second, 135-34. And your third place woman was Sophie Horrocks as well in 137-30-47 as well. So that that's your, and then your, your first vet, Lady was um, Angela Mudge. Oh, Angela Mudge was was running one of the interviews and a legend in the hill running. Um, yeah, one of our legends. One one of the other things I'm going to mention. 
Uh, well, Mackay was running, I see. Uh, he, he came 70th. I, I met Rabadine. That's a first met with him. I don't, I don't know why, why he's so far down. You know, I was, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was it a beer hill race? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you got a beer at the end of it. There's, there's definitely oh, beauties sure. around there as well. So, yeah, that's your, um, that's your hill race. The other one I was going to mention is one close to, close to home for us is the Mither Tap Hill Race. Hamish Wolf, uh, that, he was, I think the last time I raced him was the Scotland Hill Race when he won it and Hamish Bat was, was behind me and it was the Hamish Sandwich. Yeah, you, I, so I you've said that before. That your your logic's flawed. There, that's a Kyle sandwich. You wouldn't oh, say. Oh, that's right. You're right. You wouldn't. You I wouldn't say I'm having a I'm having a Hamish bread sandwich. sandwich. No, you wouldn't, would you? You would say a ham sandwich. So it was. Yeah. I, I I see. I, I've thought that's often come to mind when you've read that. I, oh, I really? like the, the I yeah. like the phrase "hammy sandwich." I think well, it's I, I, I'm, I'm gonna pick you up on the on your sandwich etiquette. There. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for clearing that up. So so late in the game, Tommy. You know, it's a bit. Four episodes I've said that now. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Hamish Wolf, Carnethy, 308, and Sam Fisher Howgill Harriers. No idea what that is. Uh 3026. Joe Wright, D side runners, 3129 for the top three males. Your females, it was quite quite a close affair. Uh, we had Kirsty Campbell, mm. met the D side, 3955, Elaine the Mand, Metro. 4029 and Chloe Sangster and uh 4050 as well. So that is your that is your top three males and females. Your top vet was David Barkley Gary, and uh your top female vet was Rachel Little, inch trail runners as well. So that's 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 your hill running fix for the day, folks. And you know what I'm gonna say is if any race organizers are listening to this. Um, and they want to give us, you know, give the race a shout out. Please let us know. So we, you know, yes. our, our race support also helps in, in making sure that you're, you know, if we are going to read all the male, female masters results that they're in an order that, you know, even even I can understand or, or Tom can understand. So uh, exactly. And I think a lot of the time it's, uh, yeah, it's removing a bit out of the habit of, of getting on Scottish Athletics website and checking and seeing what's up there. So, yeah. And, yeah, and then, and, us on any of our channels with yeah. it and we'll, it'll get us on our radar. And, and one thing would be also interesting is tell us something funny about the race, sir. You know, tell us something that's interesting about the race so we're not just listing a whole heap of results. We want some some loving, you know, want some banter and, you know, tell us some stories about the race if there's any. There might not be any, you know, but uh, yeah, just give us that, that opportunity to anyway. That'd be much appreciated. But there were there were some other races as well. Um, so we had the the wind farm race, which is what was that a ten k? Um, I'm not I'm not actually sure. I think well I think Andy McCall, one of our in, in listeners to the show, the 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 man with one kidney who he, he donated his his uh, you know his, his friend. Um, so yes, I, I think he was helping out with, with it. You know, he was pushing it on on our socials as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, do you have the results in front of you there, Tommy? Or am I? I, I, am I, just... I do. I do indeed. No, no, I do indeed. So that was a on that one. It was a win for Kieran Cooper, St Andrews University AC. Uh, it does say wave, so I guess that it was. Uh, it's good to see they're obviously well on top of their or their new protocols. Great, great effort getting a race ahead. In any way, any case, so Kieran Cooper, St Andrews AC for the win in. 3208. Uh, second place was Stuart Donaghy, uh, 3550. And third place was George Petit, Thomas Lang, 
in 3603, uh, George taking first M40 as well. On the female side, Rona Mowat of Giffnick North was the first home in 39.24. Second place just behind her was Louise Mitchell, Canny Sports Fife. I assume she wasn't running with a dog. 39.51. I was going to ask that question. Um, and then third place, Jenny Brown, 42.12. Also uh, first F40 for, for, uh, for Jenny. So really good. And I see actually on the results, actually, I'm, I'm now going deeper into them. There is a wave number, but there's also a wave two adjustment. So if we, if for example, in 14th place, Stephen McAlweeney was the first home from wave two. And his well, he was... A, the, that was a sequence home, but they've also taken 838 off for his wave adjustment, which must have been how far behind second wave started. So that's pretty cool, almost like a, a sort of hair and hounds type affair. Yeah, um, I like it. A little, cool. uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. A little, little handicap, you know, a, a wee COVID 19 handicap race. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then you're uh, good to see some road races back as well uh, the Creef 10k which is one I've always wanted to do uh, we some familiar names in the you know the, the t- kind of top results we, we see we had Matthew Sutherland Central Athletics Club 3525 our man our active route the man of the you know the, the man of the sports nutrition Scotland's premier sports nutrition drink active route James Waldy uh, Perth Roadrunners I forgot he runs for them now um, at 36-13 good to see you back James in, in whatever shape that, that means because I don't know how fast the course is but you know you still got the second place although it looks like your bib number was one but you know second place bib number one slightly uh-huh. embarrassing I would say uh, would and say then so. you, you and Taylor 38-37 uh, gets uh, the third place as well your first vet, who was also fifth overall, was your your man Stuart Robertson from Perth Roadrunners. A good, uh, strong show f- from the Perth Roadrunners. And your first female was uh, Jennifer Wetton, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, 48-10 for the 10K there Central. And your second female was, well, she's miles, miles ahead of all the other females it appears because I'm still scrolling uh, still scrolling uh, where are we were Alison Berwick Alison Berwick 4459 and uh, I'm not sure what club she runs for and she was also first was she um, was she first first vet oh I'm sorry I think I'm, I'm I'm off I'm off here it's that's completely wrong folks sorry <laughs> Madeline Watson. Madeline Watson. It doesn't have an F. It just says top three overall. It doesn't have an F in front of her name. That's why I can't find her name. Uh, Madeline Watson, forty-three thirty, Lawn District. Your third place was Katie Ireland. Uh, not sure who she runs for. And um, first female vet was forty-four fifty-nine. That's Alison Berwick. So there you go. That's uh, that's that's me with Volmer results. Jeez, oh, it takes about half the show seeing all these results. It does. Well, we've got one more thing to talk about before we wrap up. And this is a bit of news that come in this week. We're going to jump back to news a little bit back to front this week. Uh, I want to get your take on it, Kyle. You may have seen it already. And if you haven't, then I'm going to share it on the documents. You can you can react live. So Olivia Breen, who is a two-time world para champion, um, she competes at the T35, 38, 4 by 100 class in where she won uh, a medal in 2015 uh, and 2017 in the, in the T38 long jump as well. 
she has been at the British Championships, I think it was on the weekend. There's been a bit of a debate about what she was wearing. Uh, so I'm going to share this on the document so you can see that. So what is your opinion on this? Apparently her briefs are too short. Her briefs are too short? What, 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 so what, who is she? What, what's she doing? So she's a world champion. She's for, world para, world champion for uh, in the T35. So she won, she won gold in T35, 38, 4 by 100 in 2015. Then she okay. won in 2017 at the T38. She wore, she won gold at the long jump. So, you know, this is someone who's been competing like this for nine years. So listeners, if you've not seen it, uh, well, maybe I'll maybe retweet it so you can have a, in fact, I think I did retweet her, um, her thing from the TRS account. So you can see the image that she shared and she's been, officials have approached her saying she's wearing improper clothing. Now, for me, that's standard sort of athletics briefs. Who would say that though? Like An official. From from who? What, what official? From the, what race was it there? At so the English Championships on Sunday, she was told that her briefs were too short and revealing. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, I mean, you're a long jumper. You, what, wow. you, what, what do they want them to wear? Jeans? Is that real? Is that real? Like, having revealing? I have no I idea. Think there is. I have really no idea. I, I, I think it's really poor to... to, to I think I mean, it's shameful, not body shaming, is it? But Yeah, I, I, I think it's embarrassing for for the athlete, humiliating for the athlete. Um it's embarrassing I mean, for the, the officials that have got like have gotten yeah, that so yeah. wrong. Why would the officials say something like that? Like uh, you see it. I mean, I'm not. You know, you, we obviously we watch a long jump, uh, and and the, and even some. You know, all the some of the female runners that you know that they, they are short. The briefs are short. Naturally, they're short. That's part of the the kit. Um, it's the same as when it comes to any sport really isn't it you know you can to be honest. wear what's suitable for your for your sport um it's exactly a, it's, it's not that's the reason they wear what they wear uh they shouldn't be felt no no one should go out there and feel and, you know it's the same with our tire running shorts when they come on when they come on board don't you know you should feel comfortable in them you shouldn't feel that you're getting judged you should feel you you, you, you you're there to and, and I, I don't know i just that it's. Oh, I, yeah, I I agree. I, I don't see I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't get. It. I I really don't get. It. Um, yeah. And I thought it was worth. I thought it was worth sharing. I think it's. Uh, I think that's the key message. Is it, is that if you're listening to this, I've never heard of that in all my running career. Yeah, no, I, no, and I, which is why I was quite surprised about it. So if you're if you're listening to this and you should, uh, yeah, I mean, wear what you what is comfortable for you and exactly you wear, you know, and that and that that applies to people who feel they want to wear more uh that's fine exactly. I, mean, I just think it's like i was shocked that that there's even a conversation about that and i think it's worth uh yeah shame on you the official who called that out see it's the whole point of you know going out i mean i go out and i run and i'm taps half and i think and i know like you know debbie i'm sure some of the female runners i'm feeling it. i i know debbie you know i'll speak for her she goes out in a sports bra it's fine mm -hmm. it's just a sports bra it's not you know, she's been brought up in a swimming pool where you're, you know, you're you're just wearing a a swimsuit, and you know, and, and far less than what the Breen's wearing in our briefs. You know, it's exactly. like it's <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's really just it's a it's a 
yeah, I, I, but I, you know, I'm ninety nine percent of of the listeners and population are behind um, behind Green, and uh, and I'm sure that one percent are idiots and shouldn't shouldn't really be listening to the show. But anyway, if anyone's got any any other you know want to challenge that, we're, we're more than happy to to hear your opinion and understand where you're coming from. But you know, I, I just yeah, it's just a daft one from my side, I think. So absolutely. Aye. Yeah, well, we're, we're well agreed there. That yeah. I think that's it. That's all. We, that's all we've got today in news and results. Well, that's uh, that's great. Now the only other thing, as we have done in the past, is to chat about what's coming up in the calendar. Tommy, do you have any ideas what's happening? The only one I want to chat about, and there's one that I'm, I think's going to be quite exciting from a, um, you know, from a, a kind of a local standpoint. Uh, so we've got the. One one that I'm sure we we spoke about last week, I think, was the the campus 5K. Yes, that's I've got cool. to say I'm very I'm very sad to miss that for the first time. That's uh, a great event, really yeah. so, really great event. So this one's coming up this Friday night. You know Friday night lights, uh, and uh, you know the it's it's an elite only race. Uh, there's, well, there's, I say that. Apologies, it's not an elite only race. It's it's done. I, 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 I've done it. It's definitely not an elite only <laughs> elite, race. It's an elite race if Tommy's on it. Uh, it's an, it says there's an open rate, there's an open event, and then you've got the elite contest, which is a 1730 cutoff. So I uh, fully expect to see some fast times there. And, uh, and, and the, it's a fundraiser for the Kaniska. Kaniska Advocacy, I can't even speak today. Help me out here, Tommy. Advocacy, is that right? Advocacy, yeah. Advocacy, which is uh, Mary McLennan's charity, so uh, which supports women in sport and was founded by yeah Mary. So, um, so yeah, she's got the the women's record of sixteen thirty nine, and uh, yeah, Kenny Wilson has got the record of fourteen forty two. So there you go. Now. I'm just going to do a little plug here. And the plug I want to do is, is actually chat, you know, speaking about charities and things. Obviously, you know that I work for Athletics Trust Scotland and, you know, we're looking at supporting and the 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 future of our athletes and, and runners from a recreational standpoint all the way through to, you know, from grassroots to elite sport. Um, now, I'm looking, I'm wanting to find out people who've got a story about running that can be from how it's changed your life. It could be anything from, uh, you know, you lost heaps of weight, or you, you know, you you found that it helped your mental health. Anything at all. So, if anyone's got anything that's of of interest and, and doesn't have, you know, you might not think it is, but I just want to hear about it because I'm looking to build a portfolio of how you know athletics has a, a positive impact on on uh, on us, you know, on 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 people, just everyday people um, who've potentially just started running to. You know, seasoned runners of all levels. So, if anyone's got any, uh, yeah, any feedback or uh, you know anything they want to share with me, please let me know. Um, just yeah, pop me a message, uh, Kyle Greg. Sorry, that's not even my. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle, I'll just give you my podcast email address. Uh, so it's tartanrunningshorts at gmail or you can get me at um, yeah, you can get me at info at athleticstrustscotland.org.uk. So. Or, Kyle.greg at athleticstrustscotland.org.uk. There's your, there's your email addresses. Since you're using up my time at 10 p.m. in France to plug your own work, can I enter this competition? You can enter it. Yeah, I want to hear I want to hear your your uh, 
how athletics has changed your life, Tommy. Tell me, okay. tell me in, tell me in ten words. Hundred words or less. <laughs> ten words. <laughs> ten words. Okay, however many words you want. Go on. Right now. Right now. Tell me. How has it changed uh, your life? I met my wife through athletics. Is that, uh, is that good enough? That, that's all you need. That is, that is all you need to say. So there you go. Five, five words. That's uh, that was it. So yeah, uh, yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll tell my my athletic story on, on TRS sometime. But yeah, that's right. that's, no, that, that's it, essentially it. Exactly. No, I just I think it's genuinely interesting to know because we and not just for the trust, um, but also just the the listeners. You know, let us know what stories you have. You know, what mm. your own personal stories because we love to hear from them and. You know, it might be quite interesting for the listeners to hear about your stories as well. And uh, anyone, any other listen, any other interviews you want to have on the show uh, who potentially have stories that they want to share, you think we could, you know, be of interest, please let us know through the usual channels as well. Very good. Well, we're, uh, I think we're out of time and uh, it's a, it's getting to my bedtime now. So I'm, I'm going like to call for you, Tommy. Jeez, exactly. Oh, we're going to wrap up. So listeners, <laughs> as uh, Cal gave you some details there, but so you know them by now, on addition to our email, you can get in touch with us at, on Facebook at, at Tartan Running Shorts, Instagram at Tartan Running Shorts or on Twitter at, at Tartan Shorts. Uh, look ahead to next week, Olympic special. So next week is the, is the TRS that comes before the Olympics. So we're going to dive into the Scots who are running, uh, how their the preps fared, what events they're doing, when they're competing for you to look out for. So really to get you oh, look at that. and brief for the Olympics. Uh, and we're going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and get the, get the finger out and uh, and do a bit of, uh, we'll, whether it be Twitter or what, we'll be a bit, try and be a bit more active during the Olympics to really create a bit of a, uh, a buzz. buzz, exactly, oh, a buzz about the Olympics. So, so yeah, so uh yeah, so listeners, I think we, well, let's just wrap it there, Kyle. So thank you for joining us, listeners. And uh, uh, yeah, as always, uh, enjoy Ali McIver.
and that's a wrap.